Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Gall, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today, we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from January of 1985. That's right. And we have G.I. Jolie returning again. Thank you for joining us, G.I. Jolie. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what to say. <laughs> also, uh, Bex Luther is also back. Yo, what up? It's your boy. <laughs> Always. Uh, Thank God you keep asking me to come back onto these podcasts because I have absolutely nothing else to do. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were uh, pushing things aside your schedule to be on this show, but I guess not. Yeah, napping. I had to, I had to not take my second nap today. So. <laughs> Whoa, you cut out the second one? one? The second oh, one, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> just just a couple days though, not every day, because that'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're back to the regular monthly books this week. Amazing um, Marvel Tales and Spectacular. Um, Marvel team up. Uh, what Trying did I say? Trick us? Marvel Tales. Oh yeah, yeah, Marvel team up. That's what I meant. I mean, Don't we worry, only have the one right. more issue left, so that's who, right. Who yeah, cares? so there's cause for celebration. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute, but. With Amazing Spider-Man, we're back to the regular running subplot with a, with a Spidey and Hobgoblin. Uh, basically, you know, it's kind of just continuing more of all the subplots. Uh, what's her name? Aunt May is still angry at Peter for dropping out of school. Spidey is trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with the Hobgoblin and the Rose. He's lamenting all the personal problems he's having with Black Cat and with mm. um, Mary Jane right he's not sure what to do about uh, black cat we see some hobgoblin and rose stuff as usual uh one of the unexpected things that happens to this issue is mary jane and um uh, we know yeah mary jane and harry both get kidnapped right yeah that's kind of unexpected it's, it's liz that gets kidnapped oh yeah. liz liz right liz and mary jane mm-hmm. get kidnapped uh harry's still having like a meeting or whatever also spider-man's alien costume uh is shown to escape is it in this issue, or is it only shown in Fantastic Four? It's um, only shown in Fantastic Four, I think. Okay, right. Yeah, they, like, hint at it and, like, show... Um, they show it kind of, like, getting angry or something, and then it's right. just escaped later on. Right, yeah. So, yeah, you have to read the last two issues of... Uh, of the last two pages of FF number 274 to find out what happened there. But basically, the thing I always remembered about this issue was that... Spider-Man and Hobgoblin are fighting above the city, and I really like this kind of um, unusual ending where it just ends with Spider-Man riding on top of a uh, like a subway train, and then he just takes off his mask, and he's sort of wondering what could be happening. You know, poor Harry Osborn. You know, Harry Osborn. He was the son of the original Green Goblin. He became the Hobgoblin or the Green Goblin later, and he's like, you know, he just couldn't handle it. He went off the deep end, and for and for a time, he thought he was the Green Goblin. I hate to see anything trigger that again. Oh, uh, what am I worried about? I could never. That could never happen, could it? Right. So that's uh, you know laying the foundation for a possible uh, subplot to come back, but uh, we don't know yet if it does. Mm-hmm. Even though we've read ahead, but we won't talk about that. But anyway, uh, I thought it was another standard, you know, a decent, not decent, but a good issue of Amazing Spider-Man by the Falcon friends again. Um, no better or worse. I do. I, I think it was the art was a little bit better because it was inked by Brett. Brett Breeding, co-inked, and so you notice this opening splash page of Aunt May's face. I thought it was really well done. There's some other great moments. Otherwise, the art is pretty standard for this run, but otherwise, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Becca, what did you think? 
Uh, no, yeah, it's it's really some um, intricate and pretty. I actually really like some of like the one panel where a Hobgoblin is like crashing through the window. Right. That's mm-hmm. so good. Like, and you could see him slowly come into the panel, like behind Harry. Yes. That's some really, really good panel work where it's actually showing motion without having to be like so cluttered in a panel, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but besides like the few things of action, um, yeah, pretty standard. I think you know, a lot of it was a lot of people talking. So. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, G.I. Julie, you said before we rolled that uh, you had you you had some you took issue with some of these issues. What did you think of this one? <clears throat> it was okay. It's fine. It had um, it had action. Mostly, people were moving throughout their storylines, which is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like it was like um. What's that? What the, what's that second Lord of the Rings movie? Uh, the two towers, yeah, Twin Towers, or Two Towers? Yeah. <laughs> Not. I don't <laughs> think it was the Twin Towers. <laughs> it was like that calm part where all the little hobbits meet the the Ents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, calm, the in, so it's kind of like the in between. Yeah, sort of like a little calm before the storm, but mm-hmm. still a storm brewing around them. Right. Um, yeah, it was like a. You know, it wasn't of super consequence, but yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. It just, mm-hmm. it's part of the story. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I felt like it was like, not the beginning of anything. It's, it's not, a, we'll get to recommendations later. Sure. Josh, what'd you think? Yeah, I, uh, I thought it was pretty fun. I think it feels like a really good buildup, um, of things to come, uh, with the symbiote uh, escaping, we kind of get a little bit of Hobgoblin's plan and the Rose. Um, even with like Hobgoblin kind of trying to take control of this mission that's going on. And then the Rose saying that once they no longer need the Hobgoblin, uh, they're just going to kill him off. Uh, like the buildup of the kidnapping. And I mean, like Becca was saying with hobgoblin crashing through the window i felt like everything is kind of like amping up to this big showdown that's going to be happening for the climax of this story that's being told um uh, i yeah i thought that even the fight with uh spidey and hobgoblin's pretty fun it had like a kind of like a little funny moment where uh, they they do uh, spidey diffuses hobgoblin's bomb by webbing it to his hand and throwing it into the toilet Right, that was and great. Hobgoblin is like running away, saying, "You'll pay one thousand fold." Yeah, <laughs> it's just amazing. Like it's just kind of goofy love and corny. When Hobgoblin's but... on top of the toilet, and he's like, "Don't say a word. I, I know you're smirking beneath your mask." That's great. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Oh, it was funny. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So there, there's some really good stuff, and uh, I really love uh, Harry. Also, kind of like getting enraged and you kind of see a little bit bit of his dad's temper in him right uh, in this issue i mean even earlier on with like some of the comments he makes to liz and mj um and then at the end of the issue where he's uh you'll where he, where he says you'll regret the day you ever heard of harry osborne the son of the green goblin so like even he's kind of like 
uh, accepting this and, right. and using that, I guess. I, like, I don't, I'm not sure if that means he's going to try to uh, <clears throat> kill Hobgoblin himself or if that's going to lead to him kind of having a darker, more evil side, but mm-hmm. we'll see. We shall yeah, see. There's a lot of, like, stuff that happens just like that, where it's, like, like most of, tw- like, for example, like most of 2020, we miss a big <laughs> wedding, but they mention it. Like, right. it, it, it's not really, there. it's in the offices of the Daily Bugle, and I don't know if it's, like, just to introduce the... Uh, the backside of some of the female employees or whether it's to let us know that J. Jonah Jameson's gotten married. I'm not really sure. Um, but they talk about his honeymoon. And it's like, oh. Oh, was that's that just to... Was that just to get them into the bugle offices? Well, no, we will be... Re- we're, we're reading that story soon. It was, uh, it was, I think it was published out of order and I also bumped it up to next... Um, or to two weeks from now because... There's no, there's only two issues in two weeks, so I just bumped it up to there. Yeah, and I know that we had discussed it before in previous Spider Casts, but this is also where they seem to accuse or insinuate that somebody else is the Hobgoblin. They, they're like, um, what's what's his name? Not Jameson. Is it the the other the, the editor? Who Joe, is oh, Joe Robertson. Robertson, so he's yeah. like, you know, you never see Peter and that Lance Bannon in this when in the same room when you need him, right. and then they in the next panel crash, <laughs> Hobgoblin and Spider Man crash through the door of the women's bathroom. Right, it's like, right. Hmm, is that it's what, did, Robbie Robertson, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. Is it? it Help me out. I've only re- I've only read Spider Man for forty years, but <laughs> I I'm wrong. Was, I'm wrong. I yeah, thought it was right. Robbie Robertson. Wow, I'm embarrassed. Wow. Well, Robbie Robertson is definitely a Canadian musician. Okay, we'll cut um, this part out. He's the yeah. guitarist for the band, so maybe that's not him. Okay, hold <laughs> on. Hold yeah, on. it's Robbie Robertson. Oh, it's Joseph Robbie Robertson. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, we'll leave this part Why? in. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, because okay. for some reason I always knew him as Robbie Robertson. Huh. Wow, that's one of those like Mandela things where I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. I've, yeah, like I said, I've read a thousand Spidey comics, but like I'm doubting what I've. I don't remember reading. I don't remember which one I've read, but I think he's usually called Joe. Huh. But anyway, uh, well, yeah, huh? I said Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like the moment when Spidey's. Um, this is the issue, because I always mix them up, but this is the issue where his web gunks up, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. I just love little things like that. It just kind of shows that he's not a millionaire. He's not, you know, it's not mm-hmm. MCU Spider-Man where he's got a billion dollar suit that can do anything. This is a, a, a teenager or a college kid that's made his own web formula. And so because of that, things do go wrong. And it's not perfect, you know. And when, and when it does go wrong, there's nothing to save him. There's no way to save him. So he's got to use his wits to get out of it. And I love little touches like that, you know. Yeah, and he's also swinging mm-hmm. through the air, acknowledging that that kind of stuff happens to him. And he's like, "Well, here goes a thousand mm-hmm. feet in the air. Like, <laughs> if I if this thing clogs up, I'm pretty much like, I'm toast. Yeah, does it anyway." Yeah, I, I really like this whole opening. Oh, sorry, Jolie. No, it's okay. I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah. 
um, yeah, I, I I really like this opening with Aunt May and um, I can't remember this guy. One of, one of the people that live. Nathan. In Arthur. Their, their, oh, Arthur. check off. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a nice transition to, like, in fact, Peter's such a gentle boy. I seriously, boy, I seriously doubt that he'd ever intentionally hurt anyone. And it, it's like, uh, it cuts to him punching somebody and then like threatening them all. <laughs> right, right. And like, it's it's really fun and it it felt like cinematic and uh, it really flowed nicely. So this was a really fun opening. Um, and I feel like sometimes in comics, the opening is really where it stumbles, especially mm-hmm. if you read a lot of them. Right. Um, especially in a row you kind of get this hey i'm spider-man i was bit by a radioactive spider and these are my powers and oh man nothing's going right for me and it's kind of like retelling um the story of spider-man real quick in case it's anybody's first issue where something like this you can jump in and you don't need um you don't need spidey to tell you what his powers are we just see him using them appropriately and we get the idea of what's going on and who this guy is great point you know and i and i love chris claremont but one of the things people sort of make fun of him for is in every single issue of every single x-men and mutants comic the characters are telling you exactly what their powers are as they're Mm. using them you know like you know oh you know uh i i'm nigh invulnerable when i'm blasting you know cannonball that's a terrible (laughs) accent or like uh Psylocke will be like, oh, I'll use my psychic knife, the, you know, the culmination of all my psychic abilities, or however she words it. And she, they right. use the same wording every single issue. Whereas in this, you're right, we just see it. We don't need to be, we don't need to explain to us. You know, even Stan mm-hmm. Lee and Jack Kirby, they would just show the thing carrying something the size of like a building. So you would, you know, oh, okay, this thing is strong. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fantastic can stretch, you know, like it's pretty straightforward, but yeah. they did it. Um, I also want to point, point out, uh, you know, it, there's not many writers that can recapture Stanley's real. You know, Stanley's the best at Spider-Man dialogue about his with his funny quips. But there was actually a good one in this issue when uh, Hobgoblin attacks Harry Osborn, and Spidey comes in the window after him, and he's like, he's like, "What kind of greeting is that, Hobby? Aren't you glad to see me? What about all the fun times we used to have? My favorite was when you'd smash me across the fist with your jaw, just like this, and then he punches him." <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was funny. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, Tom DeFalco is really good, actually, at that that type of uh, Stanley dialogue. So overall, I definitely thought this issue, issue was fun. Not a masterpiece, but I thought it was good, and I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Becca, what about you? I don't know. I just, I think it's just because I hopped in at, at a strange moment where I'm, like, not 100%. Like, it, it gives you a little bit of an, of an intro to what actually is going on. Like, you know that Peter is now dropped out of um, college because the last time I was on Spidercast he was taking an exam instead right. of because his girlfriend was in the hospital as you do um, I think that's what was happening last time so now I'm like oh okay he is no longer in school and then he's talking about how like he doesn't have the symbiote suit anymore because like he did have it and then he realized it was an alien and so like um, and now that he's back to his normal suit he has been neglecting his web shooters, and that's why they gunked up, because he was so used to the other suit just doing everything for him. So I'm like, okay, at least I can kind of piece together where I am and what's going on. I don't really know who the too much about the Rose, or who he is, or why he is. Right. Um, 
But I just, I get the gist of it that he's just like some crime boss dude who's mm -hmm. gonna screw over your hobgoblin and he's not gonna see it coming at all. Crazy. <laughs> A lot of these things, it's, it's hard to read them now in 2021 when it was written in 1985 because I know what happens basically right like like all of these stories they're so commonplace and so simple simplistic tropes that you know what's gonna happen it's like well obviously he's gonna screw him over and it's like sure. oh Harry Osborn's getting mad well maybe he's gonna go all Green Goblin to save his wife and she's gonna be like oh you're a monster I don't know who my husband is like that's probably gonna happen too <laughs> um so you kind of have to like take yourself out of the current situation a little bit to read these sort of things so that they don't right. just get super tropey. Right, like, right, right. It even ends, it's like, oh, Harry could never go crazy again. It's like, well, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> then, yeah. like, like, thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Spoilers. Well, I guess it's like, and to be fair, these were probably intended for, you know, tweens, right? Just like I was a tween when I was reading these. But it was, you know, as far as I was concerned, this was T.S. Eliot, right? Like, this was like literature. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, oh, will Harry go crazy again? I don't know. Well, let's, I got to buy the next issue, right? So it definitely well, worked how, on me. How does nobody know? It's, it says it right there. The sins of my father oh, wow. is going to <laughs> I don't know go that crazy meant. and we know it. I mean, they did kidnap his wife and she his pregnant <laughs> wife. Like, yeah. No brother. <laughs> I love that they take Mary Jane too. <laughs> yeah. They're like, ah, she's a being a she's being a pest. Let's grab her too. Might as well. Like, no, you leave her on the road. Like, why would you take her? Uh -huh. She's clearly gonna be able to fight you. <laughs> she might come in handy. I certainly don't want to nursemaid no pregnant lady. <laughs> then yeah, then don't that? kidnap a pregnant lady. Oh my god. Right. right? She's about to pop up. Oh, I guess you're gonna have some wet hands, gents. I hope she just goes into labor in the back of their car and they're like, what do we do? Oh my God. <laughs> well, that's why they kidnapped Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, because Mary Jane can deliver a baby, you know. What, what is she, a model? They, they got training in that. <laughs> she, has, she also has a vagina. She must know exactly what to do. <laughs> just two women panicking in the back of some like slummy dude's car and one of them's having a baby. Poor Harry. <laughs> oh, also, the thing I, the question I had, Harry Osborn is is the same age as Peter Parker, right? Yes. Man, running a company really ages you, eh? Talking about that receding hairline? He is disgusting looking. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does he look so gross? Why does he look so, not that being old is gross, but why does he look so gross? He looks like the leader. Like... Yeah, he does have a big head. I think that's just Ron Frenz's art. I don't know. But that hairstyle, you know that scientists have not been able to identify what kind of hairstyle that is, right? Like, what is it? I think it's a receding hairline also with, like, tight coiled ginger curls. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, a la... Really strange. Back, back when Lex Luthor had hair. Right, <laughs> right, right. Thing. But, like, he is just a grotesque human, and Liz is, like, such this pretty blonde lady, and I'm just like, he's got money, so I guess it's fine, but, like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's the same age. Like, they're all supposed to be the same age. They all went to school together, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but he, hasn't he always had this hair? 
He said the same hairstyle. I don't know if his hairline was always receding like that, but yeah, okay. he does look pretty rough. Yeah. Why would you do that to a teenage boy? And then you, you have Peter in the next, like, the last page pulling off his um, his mask and showing his beautiful hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, it's, it is uh, being blown around in the, the wind of that subway. True. Oh. I just, I was just, like, casually scrolling, and then you come across the first panel of Harry Osborne, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is he, like, 63? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the old dude... With um, Aunt May looks better than him. <laughs> well, <laughs> his, his art keeps him alive. He actually looks like my old drawing professor. Shout out to Professor whatever his name was. Yeah, Daniel Dingler, R.I.P. Yeah, hmm. mother of God. So anyway, um, G.I. <laughs> Julie, do you recommend this one? Uh, no, I recommend the issue before it and the issue probably after it. Read them all together. Okay, okay. No, don't read this one. Don't just read this one. It'll be weird for everybody, including you. All right, <laughs> Josh? Um, yeah, it's. I think it's a really good issue, and if you're reading this arc, it's, it's definitely a good one to read. I don't mm. know if I'd recommend this by itself, I don't know, maybe, actually, maybe it's a good one to start off if you don't want to read anything that came before, but I don't know why you want wouldn't want to read about the symbiote and all that, that good stuff, so, like, I would recommend you read this with all of the other ones. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> oh. We didn't, we didn't talk about Franklin Richards getting his powers. <laughs> uh-huh. It, <laughs> it, yeah. It, that 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 page in the in 260 where where the symbiote is like trying to convince Franklin Richards to let him free. Oh yes, the supply. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was re- recapping it, I skipped over that. Yeah, and then like he's like <laughs> gets scared because Franklin Richards can like control realities and make universes right. and stuff, mm-hmm. and he goes ah, not that. I just thought that was so. I guess like weird to be in there i don't know continue we can move on it doesn't matter that much no 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 no, that's a good point and sorry who was gonna say something i was gonna say it's just really strange that this is the part that was in this issue and not the symbiote escaping yeah Mm -hmm. well you're Mm -hmm. totally right this should have been in the ff and the other one should have been in this issue yeah but then it makes you have to buy the other one it's just pure capitalism unfortunately right like (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's yeah. annoying. Um, I also want to point out, this is some pretty rough uh, narration here. Uh, does some unnamed piece of laboratory equipment choose to hum at that precise moment? Or does the alien entity breathe an audible sigh of relief as young Franklin Richards is led away? Only time will tell. Uh, Kinda, I uh, loved that. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was some... Like all my children, days of our lives, BS. And <laughs> right, I right. Ate that up. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine like a days of our lives with the Fantastic Four, like Sue Richards and and Reed, Reed are like having an argument and it's very dramatic, and then all of a sudden they turn around and Franklin is like manipulating reality. I want that. I want that show. <laughs> the, yeah, that's exactly a plot in Days of Our Lives. We Except gotta for, figure out. There's like a, there's like a witch. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta figure out who threw Johnny Storm down the elevator shaft. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was, I was Franklin, trying to but find a, a it was Franklin's evil twin. Yeah, <laughs> he's back from the dead. That they didn't know existed until this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay, now right. we're gonna there's jump. No, there's sorry, there's up. no getting away from Marvel team up though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, delay I'm as like, much as you want. But we can talk is, about Amazing Spider-Man again if you'd like instead. No, no, no. We have to talk about Marvel Team-Up because I have to oh, point okay. out, Marvel oh, Team-Up, no. with only two issues to go, has a new writer. Did you guys notice that? Uh, yeah, I definitely Luis. did because it wasn't awful. Exactly. <laughs> it, Louise it Simonson. It wasn't uh, god-awful. Right. Yeah. Um, and d- just so everyone knows, before we jump in, Josh, mm-hmm. uh, Louise Simonson, most famous for taking over New Mutants from Chris Claremont and writing the last, I think, 44 or 45 issues or so. She also wrote X Factor for oh. five years. She wrote Superman in the 90s. Superman the Man of Steel for about five years. Uh, she also did Power Pack. Every issue of Power Pack. So she's most known for those books, but she's still around. She did a Superman digital comic uh, about a year or two ago that was really good. So yeah, she's one of my favorite writers from this era. And yeah, this was a good one, but go ahead, Josh. Nice. Was it around this time that she was doing New Mutants? Because I nah, think the last yeah. two issues of Marvel Team Up are with New Mutants and the X-Men. Yes. If she, Here's the thing. Even if she wasn't writing it, she was already... She was the editor of X-Men, so she was familiar with these characters. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I kind of like this one. It wasn't awful. Um, Right. So uh, we have issue 149 uh, with Spider-Man teaming up with Cannonball. Um, And this cover um, (laughs) made me think that, oh, are they going to be like fighting this Yeti character? (laughs) <laughs> I, wonder yeah. who, I wonder who you this abominable snowman guy is. I didn't even make the connection. Is. I'm like, what? I, now that I'm looking at this cover, I'm like, who is that? Yeah. But anyway. Like, the the <laughs> incandescent man is the, the bad guy. Spoiler alert. It's the the title of this issue. But uh, he's, the, uh, he's the bad guy. And he does kind of have this, like, white-ish glow to him in the comic. Mm-hmm. And has, like, uh, like zigzaggy outline. To show electricity right. but this is like fur this this looks yeah. exactly <laughs> like fur it doesn't look like electricity or static or anything right 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 uh-huh. um, so yeah there's a huge issue with that cover then you're right yeah i i think it looks nice it's just mm-hmm. not uh it just doesn't look like the cover to this issue right but uh okay so we start off this issue with uh, this couple on the the uh, ferry back to new york and as the ferry pulls into the dock they see this body floating in the water so the uh the crew of this ferry pull him up and this like black body like it's like completely <laughs> void of all color is pulled mm-hmm. on to uh onto the boat and then it drains their power and disintegrates them and this like <laughs> molten man looking guy stands up and uh absorbs the electricity on the entire dock um then we cut over to cannonball as he is uh buying a very expensive hat for his mother for her birthday and uh as he walks out of the store we see spider-man swinging and we kind of have this like fun little moment where cannonball is like wow i wish i was spider-man like he's so cool he doesn't have problems like i do and then we cut over and we start hearing about spidey's problems and um he goes to the daily bugle and starts talking 
uh, with Joe Robbie Robertson. Uh, uh, let me actually see. Does it say in here? Oh yeah, we're gonna find out his name. Once yeah, let's all. figure out what is what, what. He does call him Robbie. Yeah, he calls him Robbie. Whoa. Well, yeah. Okay, that's just a nickname, I guess, right? I promised Robbie I'd be. Yeah, I'm not sure. Wow. Well, the internet's got him pegged as Robbie Robertson. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but uh, Robbie pretty much gives him like a bit of a pep talk saying, listen, uh, your pictures of Spider-Man are kind of crap. Uh, <laughs> like you've kind of lost your touch. And I really like the stuff where Spider-Man isn't in it. You need to kind of hone that and start taking pictures maybe of other superheroes or something. But um, you've lost your spark when it comes to Spider-Man and Spidey leaves and he's kind of t- thinking to himself like, yeah, of course it's because he's not the one actually taking the pictures. He has the camera on automatic mode and you know, he's taking pictures of himself from afar where the right. other pictures where it's just landscape, he's able to actually like focus on what he's doing. So we cut to the incandescent man and he's wrecking havoc in the city and we see this figure uh, in a helicopter chasing him down. We cut to Cannonball and he's walking home still with the hat and this crowd of people rush by him and um, it turns out that they're running away from the incandescent man who's in Times Square uh, Cannonball comes in and tackles him and Spidey swings in to help and the two of them team up to stop him by um, getting him wet because the minerals in the water are conductive so all the electricity is being poured out of him I guess sure it, yeah. it's, I mean it's a reason I guess <laughs> I mean I feel like water would just make his electricity spread not yeah whatever uh, <laughs> so uh, we see the figure in the helicopter also kind of talking about uh, capturing him alive they end up crashing the helicopter and pushing the incandescent man into the water um, they uh, surface and it turns out that the figure chasing uh, the candescent man is his sister and she is trying to save him after he was experimented on in the project Pegasus headquarters so she wants to save him and then use his powers to get revenge on project Pegasus so she leaves and then we're left with uh, Cannonball and Spider-Man on the docks, kind of talking to each other. Cannonball says that um, he liked working with them, and Spidey says if he's ever get if he ever gets kicked out of the X-Men, they can be partners. Um, and then we're left with Spidey, kind of in a weird way. He like he says that he's gonna. He decided to be a photographer, but because he can't focus on it. Um, he throws his film into the water. Yeah. Also, because uh, if he uses the photos, it will reveal Cannonball, uh, his secret identity, right? Also, oh, just mu- I suppose just so, yeah. mutants in general, right? Like, the, right, right. Literally, Cannonball walks by people and they're like, "Ah, those those horrible mutants hate them," and he's like, "Not right. nobody's doing anything, just walking by people, talk like being right. racist." And so, like, Peter's got all these really sick pictures of him doing cool stuff, but if he publishes them, then people are going to hate mutants even more. 
Mm-hmm. So right, which is dumb. Yeah, like he just saved everybody, but whatever. Yeah, it just makes sense, really, because why would they not like him? He, like he's saving, he's well, fighting I don't a bad like guy, him. but <laughs> what? I don't like him at all. <laughs> That's just because his accent is annoying. Yeah, as it's hell. awful. Face sucks, and every other part of him sucks. The mutant parts doesn't, but every other part. You're Hate saying him. you don't like Cannonball in general? As as the, in this issue? No. Oh, I think he's great. I like the character. <laughs> I really hate how the dialogue is written for him. You mean is like how they write out phonetically his accent? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, unfortunately again, you know, talking about Chris Claremont, that's his thing and everyone kind of follows suit, you know. Yeah, it's it's it makes him sound a lot stupider than I think they intend to. Right. Like it's it's, uh, like it it, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it translates well. At least maybe mm. it's just how I'm reading it. No, um, you're right. It, it, he <laughs> just really seems super dumb. Right. He spent like three pages trying to buy a hat and with that, <laughs> well, with that terrible accent, and it didn't make it sound any better. Right. Like it's like, written out like Forrest Gump almost. Right. Well, he goes oh, to it's, buy a it's hat. Just... Sorry. No, it's not good. <laughs> no, and it's like, and not only look, the writing is good, but the writing of Cannonball is terrible because he's not stupid. Like, mm-hmm. how old is he? Like 18, 21, 25? Mm-hmm. He's never heard of sales tax before. He's never been into the big city, y'all, to go and get a no. hat for his ma. Like. I, 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 I have to point out, I know someone, I won't say his name, before he moved to Windsor, he had never been to a shopping mall before. He's from Blenheim. So these people do exist. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know people from Blenheim, and they're, they're, you, that guy does not speak for all people in Blenheim. People in Blenheim know about sales tax. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Although, to well, be fair, do. I work in a shopping mall, and I've had women ask me if there was tax on items. So. There you go. Yeah, well, it's it, it, yeah. it legitimately. It, most of them were pregnant women, and children's ta- children's no, clothes are new job. This taxed. new job. Okay, <laughs> forget it. Nope, there's you no excuses. <laughs> Everyone for themselves. Yikes. <laughs> but well, it anyway, just, it just makes him seem dumb, and he's not. I I didn't think he was dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't it, think it, what it he's saying. Naive, not dumb. But yeah, yeah. I think I don't think that what he's saying is stupid. I think it's how he's saying it and how it's written. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he does anything stupid in this issue. It's it's for me. It's completely in the way the words are written on the page. Right, right, right. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about some of the things that we noticed that were different from usual. Um, I mean, I, I like the fact that the story is very simple and straightforward. Like. Cannonball has a very simple goal. He wants to get this nice hat for his mother. It's almost like a MacGuffin. It's there for, through the whole issue, right? Right up to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his relationship with Spider-Man is, or the way he perceives Spider-Man is defined right at the beginning and it lasts right up into the end. And even though the incandescent man is a ridiculous villain, who cares, right? He's just there as, as like a plot point. It's just there to make the story move. And I thought he was fine. I don't know. Like, again, the... I was I, I might actually say this is better than Amazing Spider-Man this week, arguably. 
Yeah, I like this is what Marvel team up should have been the entire time. Right. Like we we have Spider-Man teaming up with a character that makes sense. The stories yeah. match up nicely. It's Spider-Man in his element, right? Like you have Spider-Man his whole thing is he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So it's like yeah. he swings around New York and he you know, fights crime wherever he can. It's not like he's always just like running into it randomly. He actually goes and swings around the city and make sh- make sure that nothing bad is happening. So, right, right. so for him to be like swinging around the city and he just so happens to be around a uh, a hero who is fighting crime, it makes sense that he would jump in and team up with them and help them out because that's sure. what his responsibility is. Where a lot of the other stories it's just like why is spider-man even here what is going on these characters don't even talk to each other Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're fighting the bad guy together it it doesn't feel like spider-man belongs where this like the two stories connect extremely well you have um spider-man who's kind of estranged for aunt may at the moment and then um cannonball who is buying a hat for his mother and it's kind of like a story of both of them uh, I guess connecting or doing something for their their like mother figure. Yeah. So like they good they point. they connect on that. It's not like super deep, but at least it kind of connects. There's that through line there. Yep. So good point. um yeah, this is one of the strongest rural team ups uh we've read, and I'm so sad now. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. if 150 is also like this. It's going to be kind of a shame that that it's that it's going it's coming it, to an end. Yeah, it's it it started getting good right when uh, right when everything was all over. Well, the good news is is that Louise Simonson writes the first few issues of Web of Spider Man, so we got oh, nice. more uh, Louise Simonson to come. Uh, but yeah, Julie, what do you think of this issue? Oh, I loved it. It was so <laughs> super fun. Again, I didn't really it didn't really make me it didn't teach me anything new about Cannonball, but it didn't make me feel anything new about Cannonball either. Mm. Um I really enjoyed the writing. Like it it didn't hurt to read Marvel Team Up for the first time in about right. fifty issues. But like <laughs> It was logical. The reasons why they came together were logical. Right. Even though it starts with, like, uh, like dredging the body of the incandescent man out of the river. Like, um, total strangers on a ferry are watching that happen. And then it cuts. Like, it's just... It's not... It, it's for the first time, it doesn't feel shoehorned and forced. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And... I too am a little disappointed. My favorite part is when he sees Spider-Man swinging around New York mm-hmm. as a mutant. Sorry, as a mutant uh, who has powers and is considered a superhero potentially. The way that he talks about him in his head—that all it takes is those two panels to connect their stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're and right. That's it. And it, 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 it's simple. It. It's just so simple, and the past writers could have just been kept good. it simple. Yeah, yeah they yeah, could have been yeah. good. They could You're, have been great. <laughs> you know, that's the thing is, it, it's almost like now that we see it done right, it's like, oh yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious how you make a good Spider-Man story. So that makes it even more frustrating. But why 
so many of these other guys just didn't do it right, you know? Yeah, yeah like we've had stories where there, we see other heroes like the human torch he he mm-hmm. was also he also just happened to be in new york but it still felt shoehorned he lives in new york and it felt shoehorned <laughs> right right yeah so this guy just like is taking a trip to new york from kentucky mm-hmm. or maybe he's just like he's at the mansion which is upstate right right yeah, yeah. Upstate new york. i think yeah, yeah yeah i think at this point he's living but, at the mansion so it's like all he's doing is taking a day trip to buy a damn hat mm-hmm. and it feels fine feels good yeah, yeah. I, I think that it really works because these two characters are so similar yeah I that's mean, a good point that's a good like point they, they are very close I mean even at the end uh, uh, Spidey says something like oh that hat's really nice I know somebody who would love that he said, oh, yeah, it was pretty expensive. It was expensive. It was $54. But uh, who am I kidding? You'd be able to afford that and then runs off. Like, right. Like, they both don't know their, like, identities. So, like, uh-huh. he thinks that Spider-Man is this, like, rich, you know, suave superhero. Um, and it probably has, like, a fancy setup and you know an expensive mm-hmm. pad and a hideout and everything but it, he's right, right, he's right, a teenager right. just like him and it's uh i think that it was really nice seeing the two of them uh kind of like have some time to work together to defeat a bad guy even if it was just this unnamed bad guy right that's right. not really what the story's about uh so becca i mean you talked about yeah. cannonball but what do you think of the rest of the issue no it the, everything you guys said was was true. Like I do like how that they are so like juxtaposition with each other. How Cannonball is like admiring Spider Man for these traits that Spider Man wouldn't say that he would have himself. Right. He's like he's like looking up to him. He's like, oh, I wish I could be a hero like Spider Man. It's like he are literally an X Men, but okay. <laughs> and then <Yeah>. me- <laughs> yeah. meanwhile, the rest of the story, if, if you'll look, if you're like paying attention, Spider Man doesn't really fight the incandescent man a lot. He's trying to get a good picture. Right. So right. It, he was just talking about how like good of a hero Spider-Man is. Meanwhile, he's doing most of the heroics, and then until Spider-Man's like, maybe I should, you know, quit trying to take a picture of this giant ball of fire and actually help out. <laughs> right. So and then it's it's Spider-Man's move that's what saves them is because uh, Cannonball sees Spider-Man do that that spin move, and he's like, well, maybe I could do that for me. And yes. it's like the first time he learns to turn while he's go while he's using his mutant ability. So it's just like a nice moment. It's it is crazy that this is issue one forty nine, and they figured out how to get two <laughs> superheroes to to make sense being together. And of and the catalyst for that is a fancy hat. Right. <laughs> like it is like like it is it is dumb. It's like oh, he's buying a hat for his mom, but also like sometimes you just gotta do dumb stuff and buy your mom a hat. <laughs> like it, it seems it seems real. In, like right, a d- in right. a dumb way. It's like, you have... <laughs> s- s- oh, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you have all of these heroes, they all live in New York, and yet this is the first time that it's made sense that they've come across each other randomly. Yeah. I mean, no, uh, he, he is... Cannibal is in um, Westchester County, so he's probably never been to New York City, so... But yeah, I get Well, they point, do though. team up, and I think even Cannibal talks about oh, that's the fact right. that they, they teamed up before. before. Yes. Um, yeah. In one of the annuals, I think. Right. Yeah. P- Peter remembers yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to... I was just going to say, even... 
it, it's crazy how it all happens. Uh, the catalyst is when simple thing because even Harold and Kumar were only wanting White Castle, right. and <laughs> it turned into a big adventure. <laughs> okay. You know, I I think uh, Becca was really right, and I didn't realize it until she said this with uh, Cannonball learning how to do that spin move from Spider Man. Right. Yeah. I think that's also another really great reason why this works is because they're actually teaming up. They're actually do. They're actually working together to defeat the bad guy instead of Spider Man getting knocked out, and then it's the other superhero's job to finish you know the job at the end of the day like it's it's the two of them actually working together to do something where it usually just feels like somebody else's story and spider-man just happens to be walking through the panels yep so yeah yeah is it even oh go ahead no go ahead Uh, i was just gonna say yeah the the ending could not have happened if they didn't work together and grow from each other Mm -hmm. like it 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 had to work that way yeah you're totally right now it's like Go ahead. Go There's ahead. like sort of like an unspoken team up happening too, where you get um, you get the incandescent uh, the incandescent man's twin sister gets popped in there too, and she even is part of the yep. team up to kind of help rein him in. Mm-hmm. And that's not shoehorned. Even she's in there helping. It's like it's just a testament to good writing. And also, she has a real character. She talks like a real person, you know? And mm-hmm. I, it's pretty remarkable that this is one of Louise Simonson's first scripts because she was just an editor before this. So it shows how good a writer he is, or she is. And do you think it has anything to do with the fact that she's a woman? Do any of these differences... Because we've read a lot of Spidey now on the show. We've read, like, what? Se- what's 70 times 3? I have no idea. Uh, like, over 200 Spider-Man comics. There's definitely mm-hmm. something different about the... Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, even just the idea of buying that nice hat for your mother, do you think that's something that is in there because she's a woman, that she would think of that? Anyone? Well, yeah, no man would think to get his mother a nice gift. I wouldn't. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, what is my mom like? She's a mom, so probably cooking or cleaning. Happy yeah. birthday, mom! <laughs> And then, meanwhile, this one's like, oh, if my son got me a nice hat, that'd be so lovely. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just, I, it, you, we can't, like, just generalize, be like, oh, because it's it's a woman instead right. of a man. It's like, no, it's this woman is writing it. Mm. And she understands that there is detail in the world. And, like, those little details matter when you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of all women, but I don't think it's necessarily... <laughs> no, go ahead has to do with I don't think it has to do with her being a woman I think it probably has to do with her being an editor and the fact that uh, could be. she was going through all these stories and fixing the problems and she's probably just good at knowing what stories should be mm-hmm. right so she has That's all these point. years yeah. of experience fixing uh, stories that she knows now how to write them and write them well right right mm-hmm. Well, um, we haven't even touched on the art. We're going to briefly talk about the art. Um, this is Brett Blevins, who went on to do New Mutants with Louise Simonson. So if you ever get a chance, check those out. Um, it's not quite as polished as his later work, but he did get a lot better. He also became, I believe he went into animation, and he recently did a anim- Batman the Animated Series style Joker and Harley book a few years ago. Ooh. So if you get a chance, pick that up. But um. Again, not as good as his later stuff, but I thought the art he was really good. Uh, Josh, what did you think of the art? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, 
I mean, I other feel, than Cannonball's face. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like uh, sometimes his face changed throughout. Mm. Like, I could still tell that it was him, but I felt like the proportions were, like, different from right. page to page. But, no, I thought it was pretty clear. The action was nice, and I could follow the layout of everything going on. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Uh, G.I. Julie? Yep, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, like huh, it's good. I, I don't know, like, if you look at, like, numbers, page six, that shot of Spider-Man leaping through the air and, like, there's like ghost images and then he lands mm-hmm. on the thing like that's a good page you know and like if you just flip to the next page spider-man looks a little bit off model with the way his eyes are drawn but i like the shadow on the back of his mask and like the the, the shadow that's coming up from the light below in the city like that right there yeah, well, feels more like a superhero mounted to the side of a building than most of the spider-man art we see from other people so mm-hmm. again yeah, he, he's me, a young artist it's... but he has a lot of promise it's less about the modeling of the characters and more about the storytelling in the pages themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's less of a pose artist. Right, right, right. He is, he is good at it. He understands that um, superheroes should be shaped a certain way when their bodies are doing certain things. But like there's page 19 where Cannonball is kind of like falling through the air. That is really good. The part where he learns how to do that flip Okay, yeah. I'm going there right now. Original 19? Oh, yeah, that's great. Original that's great. 19. It's super artful, and um, you don't... Unfortunately, you don't see a lot of that. Yeah. In, in a lot of contemporary art, because they're so preoccupied with the, you know, the, the amount of bricks in a wall. Right, right, like, right. I don't need to know that that... I don't need to see the texture on that wood dock to know it's a wood dock that he's mm-hmm. flying by mm-hmm. it's i want it's to point brown. out one of my favorite panels on uh, digital page 13 the bottom middle panel when spider-man scoops up um cannonball after the dog has taken away the hat or, or the, sorry cannonball gets the hat back from the dog that is a great shot because of the, the first of all like the, the the how fluid the lines are the composition of the shot like the x you know the way that their bodies form an x the fact that Spider-Man's web is going off panel and then from the other side of the panel you see the previous web that he was swinging on. The fact that the dog's coming off the panel. You can see that Spider-Man is essentially swinging into the panel and is about to swing out. And it's just so well done. I love it. Anyway, Becca, what do you think of the art? Um, it has one of my favorite things from old comics where it the backgrounds are some of my favorite things to, to pick apart for older comics. Uh, and, it, and it does one of my favorite things where it, it sets up the background in certain panels and it's a little bit more detailed and then there's no background. It's just mm-hmm. flat color. Or there's right. just like a couple little like uh, lines of, of movement. Like um, in the hat shop, it sets up that he's in the shop and there's a bunch of hats and he has no idea what to choose. And the bunch of hats in the background makes sense because it's supposed to be confusing. And then you go to like him and where, where he's the focal point it's just a blue background so it's like we don't need to have all the hats in every frame like once you've established where you are like we're in um robbie's office mm-hmm. and like there's like filing cabinets but not every panel has all the filing cabinets in them because they don't you don't need to do that i love when old <laughs> comics do that where the focal point where you have like your setup panels and then your focal mm-hmm. point when the backgrounds are just solid colors or just like splashes of of energy or something like that so that's that's my favorite thing that these things do also 
If a comic has a dog in it, it automatically gets like 10 points. <laughs> yep. So I love the dog stealing the hat so much and just running away with this big fancy hat. I thought it was so funny. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the little details. So like the dog steals the hat and he's still in that panel, just shadowed stealing the hat. And then if you go down more, he's running away with the hat <laughs> and then Spider-Man takes it from him. Like it's, it's cute. I like it. Right. I like the little details. Yeah, I, and it, it shows that he probably has actual training to be like a cartoonist, you know, to, sh- to show all those little details. Like, it's great. And mm-hmm. and like I said, he gets much better. So if you get a chance, try to follow his later career. But because uh, so everyone's talking about the art now, right? Yeah. I think? yeah. All right. So I can say I definitely recommend this issue. Uh, possibly the best issue of Marvel Team Up we've read. I have to double check that, but definitely one of the best. I recommend it. It's a standalone story, so I think anyone can read this. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think that the only other story that I maybe liked as much as this one was the one with Gargoyle. Oh, yeah, that one was good. That one was really fun uh, because there wasn't really anything going on. It was just two people chatting for the entire issue. Right. Um, Yeah, this one was really really fun. Solid story. Um, There was reasons for all the characters to be there. The art is great. the storytelling through the art is fantastic. Uh, it's definitely a recommend for me. All right. Uh, G.I. Jolie? <laughs> I recommend that if you're the city planners for New York City, don't. It's inaccurate. Don't read this one. <laughs> it's inaccurate. Um, the mineral content of New York City water is lower than, say, the mineral content of Los Angeles City water. <laughs> and uh, the incandescent man... Yeah, I've been researching while we've been talking. Um, <laughs> the incandescent man would have... Incandes- yeah, he would have been less... He would, yeah, sure. He would have been less shiny in uh, Los Los Angeles. So, had they been able to move the story there, that part of the story where he loses his powers to the water might have been a little more accurate. Hmm. But like, and I'm talking about like parts per milligram. It's like tens. The difference between New York and Los Angeles is anyway I recommend it it's definitely 100% the best Marvel team up I've ever read and right. now I'm going to go search out that gargoyle issue because that oh, sounds yeah, pretty great. good too <laughs> no I was going to say I can't even remember the last Marvel team up you guys had me do it had something to do with snakes I think who cares uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember who was in it Scarlet Witch? I don't know. Uh, I remember oh, there was... geez. Oh, yeah, my... wasn't that like Doctor yeah, Strange that was or the Doctor... Oh, my God. Oh, that was rough. I remember that it was awful. <laughs> yeah, they went to like another yeah. dimension and there was like this story of this ancient snake being who would fight them and the only person that was able to defeat them was a spider being and oh, it was awful. You, you know when you walk note. into a room and all of the furniture has been covered by like tarps? Mm-hmm. You mentioning all of those details is like just pulling like when the dust flies off those tarps. That's exactly what my brains felt like just now, and I'm mad that I remember. I'm mad. Yeah, it's not good. You know, I I couldn't even tell you what happened in the last issue of Marvel Team Up. No, I never remember. No, <laughs> I, I don't remember at all. Was that the one with Human Torch? No one knows. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was. We'll never know. No, no but, and that's the it's thing lost. is that it's not even like it's not even like we're saying this issue is a masterpiece. It's just that it's so it's like duh, yeah, this is a story. Yeah, this is how you do it. You know, it just doesn't suck. Right, yeah. right, right. 
Yeah, it, it tells the 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 cover tells you what happens in this issue. Yeah, these two characters mm-hmm. team up. That's it. <laughs> this is the first time that has happened in Marvel team up in 150 issues, 149 issues. This is the first time anybody is actually teamed up with Spider. Good point. Yep. Uh, I mean, before uh, we move on to Spectacular, was anybody else just a little bit disturbed about like where this was going when they saw that weird floating body? Ugh. Yeah, that was a, that, it, was, that was very weird, very yeah. very weird. Yeah, I, I was so dark. surprised we saw like the bodies disintegrating too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that Spooky was skeletons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, anyway, it, yeah, now it really let's jump kind of... to what's that? Oh, is that Julie? Oh, no, I'm confusing it with the next issue, which we'll move on to now. I was going to say, I'm just going to briefly mention that tech- chronologically before the next issue, if you are following along, you can read the last two pages of FF, Fantastic Four, number 274, in which we see the alien symbiote escape from its um, little prison in uh, Fantastic Four's back- Baxter building. So that's how the alien... And then they show this little like alien probe thing, like... I don't know why, because I didn't read the issue because I didn't want to, but um, yeah, it gets help from this little alien probe thing, and I have no idea why, but who cares, right? I think it's Doctor Doom. What's that? I think it was Doctor Doom. Ah, okay. So the costume escapes, so now it's it's actually a pretty cool uh, sequence. But anyway, so the costume is in New York now, and that leads us to Spectacular Spider-Man number 98. So who would like to summarize this one? Volunteers? Bex Luther, oh, would you like to? Oh, me. Or, uh, or Julie, do you want to? Oh, no, that was a lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> fake I'm like literally staring at the issue. So like, what did happen? Uh, they talk yeah, about their right? feelings, <laughs> which is my <laughs> favorite part about comic books is when people talk about their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start the issue and Spider-Man obviously doesn't know what to do. He's getting ready for his big hot date with Black Cat. And of course, he doesn't know what to wear, so he puts on his suit. <laughs> Which, like, and then he just breaks into her apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's fully costumed, too, just sitting on her couch, as, as one does. I know I always hang out my finest leathers when I'm just sitting at my house, not expecting my spider boyfriend to break in through my balcony <laughs> to talk about his feelings. So then that happens and like he knocks a bunch of stuff down there, cleaning it up, and then she suggests that they maybe go talk on a rooftop instead. Which I was like, good suggestion, because that'd be really funny if you just talked in your apartment. <laughs> like, I don't I maybe I'm just I don't have superpowers, so I don't know how a superpowered relationship would work, but maybe just have a coffee, like sit down. Like they both know each other's secret identities, so I don't understand. It's whatever. true. I don't think we ever oh, really see her like not in the costume. No, you're right. We never do. Like I think point. even leaving the hospital, she like, all right, time to put my not hospital gown on. <laughs> That's a good point. Like <laughs> lining up at the DMV, dressed up in like white fur and black skin tight suit. Yeah, it's, it's a bit absurd, I guess you could say. Eh? Yeah, never thought of that. I mean, well, they always suggest that you take the photo in what you actually look like, so... <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Isn't it a wig, though? Like, isn't her hair a wig? I think so, yeah. I think so, Wait, but I can't what? remember what... It, I think it is, yeah. yeah. I think she has, like, black or brown hair. Like, Felicia, Felicia mm. Hardy has black or brown hair, and she wears a wig when she's black cat. <laughs> mm, unless they kept the wig on her in the hospital, I don't think so. 
No. Maybe that's a retcon. I don't know. Or maybe that yeah, comes maybe, in later. Yeah, maybe she just dyes it at this point. <laughs> she bleaches her hair every day. But I think, yeah, because I'm pretty Purple sure she shampoo. had, I'm pretty sure her hair was white in when she was in the hospital. Yeah, but wasn't she also in costume when she was in the hospital? I don't remember. No, I think she was in the gown. Okay. okay. Maybe. I don't know. You'd think okay. we'd know because we read so many issues of her in the hospital. Yeah, but we don't remember. <laughs> I do remember that Peter had to take a test for that one. It was very important. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So, yeah. So, they, then, then Spider-Man and Black Cat, they swing off to go find somewhere more appropriate to talk, I guess. And then, meanwhile, <laughs> um, we go to, to Kingpin, and he's, like, pissed off that these people can't just make him a cloak and dagger replica for some reason. I, I don't know what's been going on prior to this, but I'm assuming Cloak and Dagger were in it, and I'm kind of upset that I missed that because I love them. Mm-hmm. But, I still go back and read it. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, just listen to the last podcast. Yeah, I could just do that. Why yeah. would I read if I could listen just listen to us complain to about it? Yeah. So he's like upset at all his scientists for not being able to give him some superpowered henchmen. And then um, one of his scientists takes him and is like, hey, I might be able to make, like, remake Cloak. I found, like, some of his whatever that he left behind. Signature, I guess. Uh, science mumbo jumbo. Um, it, but if you read the, the current Daredevil issue, it'll tell you all about that. Right. I don't have that, so I'm just going along. So he, like, does a couple experiments and it's it, it, big explosion and then the big polka dot pops into the um to, to the world <laughs> and as all men of science do they go well time to step into the black void and he just steps right in right. <laughs> and i'm like me too bud so this you wanted me to recap it do it i mean you're doing a great doing job great. yeah so then we, after that we go back to, to spider-man and black cat who are talking about their feelings and there's a blackout because of the the too much science was going on, so it caused a blackout. And then that quickly goes to the symbiote suit is like crawling around New York trying to find Spider-Man because it needs its host and it recognizes Spider-Man's signature as, as a host that it had bonded with pre- previously. So I think that's the only part in this comic that has the suit, has the symbiote. True, yes. <laughs> it's like true. just this, and it's so cool looking, but anyway. So we go back to people talk about their feelings, and Black Cat is very much in love with Spider-Man in a really kind of creepy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, it's really disturbing, and Peter, poor Peter is like, what is, how old is he in this? Like, 19? 20? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, about that. He's like, and he has just the best luck with girls, so he doesn't know how to, to deal with his feelings. And then, I'll, of course, the Blackout... Um, he has to be like, oh, people are probably looting because there's a blackout. I gotta save them. And she's like, all right, whatever, and follows him. And then they have fun punching bad guys. And while Peter's punching the bad guys because they're looting and he's trying to help people, she just seems to be doing it for fun and because she wants to be like Spider-Man. Right. Mm-hmm. So then they are doing that and talking about their feelings at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's and then of course. Um, we have the Spider-Man tells his entire backstory really quickly to some girl, and then she tells her entire backstory very quickly to him, so that we, I know that Uncle Ben died, I guess? Yeah. Like, has he never explained? Awkward. I don't know. It's like, and he says it in a way, it's like, don't you remember I told you this? And like, so then again, he has to reiterate to her that her, his uncle died because of him? Of course, yeah. That's just so for like, the sake of the readers. 
Yeah, so just just so everybody knows, Uncle Ben's dead, and it's <laughs> and it's Spider Man's fault. And then she talks about how like she was the daughter of a crime boss, and I guess maybe her hair is white because there's like little Felicia, and her hair's white here. And she okay, says they were making fun of her because um, her dad was a convict, and not because she has freakishly ghost white hair. <laughs> <laughs> And her and Peter are still talking, and and sh- he's saying that he would never have liked her if he she hadn't stopped being a criminal. And she said the only reason I stopped being a criminal was because of you. I really like being a criminal. Right. She goes, she goes off. She's like, I love crime. Uh-huh. Like, okay, <laughs> she is crazy. She needs some help. Um, mm-hmm. and a boyfriend is not going to do that for her. <laughs> and then we we switch off again to two completely different people. Who is it? Um, Betty and uh. Flash. Flash. Yeah. Talking about cheating on their significant others, which is always just a fun time. Like, like they have... I don't, and it I doesn't don't know come up happens. again. It doesn't? <laughs> no, like, uh, maybe like, next issue, but... <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's four panels of them cheating. And it's, yeah. like, and, it's, and it's him going, don't worry, baby, it's not cheating. We're just talking. It's like, if you have to say it's not cheating, it's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> So then we have a little bit of a flashback to the black suit, him telling her, remember that? And she's like, yep, that was a couple issues ago, I remember. (laughs) And then now we're back to the scientist guy, and he's in the polka dot dimension. Yep, Um, sure is. um, And he's like going crazy, and he's trying to, I don't know, get out, I guess? I have no idea what he's been saying like this whole time. (sighs) But he comes out and he is the polka dot man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you step through the polka dot door. Oh, oh. Like, he's trying to be cloak and or dagger, I guess. So, like, I don't, sure, sure. Polka dot dimension is kind of like cloak, I guess. And then he realizes that these little, like, the dots all over him don't come off. They're like portals to wherever. Right. <laughs> um, but it's not important, because what is important is we have to talk about our feelings some more. Um, Felicia, stop stalling. With the blackout over, there shouldn't be any more emergencies to interrupt us. And then she just goes off, like, oh yeah, um, I asked the kingpin to give me superpowers, and he did. And I helped him with one thing, and that's it, right? That's how, that's how that works. And Spider-Man's like, no, idiot, he's gonna come back. <laughs> She's like, but I did the one thing he asked of me. He seemed like a great guy, you know, give me superpowers. And Spider-Man's like, what is wrong with you? And then the issue ends. <laughs> You're, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually was uh, more entertaining than the comic itself. Yeah, it's not but, great. Um, but here's the thing. I personally love this character who we find out later is called The Spot. So I have no problems with this origin. Uh, before Becca, what did you think about this origin of this character, The Spot? It was like the most fun part of the comic because it's like actually interesting. Right. <laughs> it's the only right. thing that like, actually happened. <laughs> yeah, something happened. Um, and like, I kind of want to know like what else happened. Like he goes into this thing and like, I know about Cloak's powers, but when he comes out and he's like this crazy portal man he's got all these like spots on him and he could shove his own hand at him i was like oh that's kind of a neat ability how is that how is he gonna like use that for crime <laughs> but, then, but then he finds out about his powers and instead of anything else about him it's just uh relationship drama mm-hmm. 
And then he still kisses her after all of it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was so I'm so mad about this. This issue made me really mad. She's yeah. not she's not healthy for him. She's I understand she's beautiful, but there's more to it than that. I I want Becca to be in the in the next issue. Uh, just like As a talking to Felicia, yeah. Like, listen, you guys are not good for each other. This is not a healthy relationship. What the hell is going on? Uh, yeah, no. This issue was stinky. It it was bad. Um, like, I feel like we have read this before, and it's probably oh, yeah. because we have. Like, yeah, the same things happen over and over again with these two, where. Spidey is upset that she doesn't like Peter and only likes Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's upset because he won't let her become a superhero or do her own thing with him. Um, and then they fight and argue the entire issue. And then at the end, nothing was, is resolved. They kiss and they go their separate ways. And then the same thing happens the next issue. Like, right. it's just there's it's like, yeah, they finally are talking about the fact that she got powers and got them from Kingpin, but nothing has changed by the end of it. Good point. You know what yep. I mean? Like he, he already knows that she had secret powers. The only thing new that happened in this issue is that he now knows that uh, she got them from Kingpin. Nothing else changes. And it's just, it's just dragged out way, way, way too long. Yeah, he's done so much thinking. He's always like, I got a lot of thinking to do. Okay, bud, you've been thinking for the last 10 to 12 issues. Yeah. Well, Um, yeah. You should have come to some kind of conclusion by now. Mm. It kind of shows how, like, the skill of Louise Simonson versus the skill of, no offense, Al Milgram. It's just so clear. Yeah, like, God, this has been, it's been like a repetition for, like, a year and a half worth of issues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least, yeah. Uh, and well, is this like indicative of how um, somebody who has the maturity level of like a spoon <laughs> evades um, speaking about their feelings and emotions? Mm-hmm. Like, or is this how somebody who's Al Milgram's age assumes a young adult Peter's age would? would handle this because both of them are handling it pretty poorly Mm -hmm. like oh hey um hot girl with (laughs) great boobs covered in leather um we really need to talk about our toxic relationship but i like kissing you so let's just drag this on for years i mean that's (laughs) pretty par for the course for most of the young adult men i know right so Mm -hmm. Yeah, but even at, even the last part where he like he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you do that. I need to shake some sense into that empty head of yours. He mm. calls her stupid and he threatens violence. And mm. this is how we know it's real because her bad luck powers, her bad luck factor, they're calling it now, kicks in and creates bad luck for Spider Man. Good point. To, to get. And it's like, and that wouldn't have happened if those feelings weren't real. Because anyone who wishes to harm her, bad luck befalls them. Uh And it's like, okay, cool. And and even she knows, and she says it. She's like, well, he did say you wanted to hurt me. And that kind of happens to people who want to attack me. 
and he's mm-hmm. she's like but it's okay you don't want to attack me for real now so you'll never that'll never happen again of course it will of course it will and you might die so maybe you just walk away <laughs> black cat is written so airheady in this and yeah. it kind of kind of pisses me mm-hmm. off because she's she's not dumb right <laughs> she's like one of the world's greatest thieves <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's just like, oh, I love you, Spider Man. And that's her personality in this comic is that she's in love with Spider Man, not Peter Parker, just Spider Man. And like, she's yeah. like, I gave up crime for you. I do everything for you. Oh, you won't hurt me. And it just, it's so shallow. It's so flat. It's disappointing. And I mm. find that this relationship, I always compare it to like the relationship between Batman and Catwoman. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty similar. You have a hero and you have a villain. Whereas, most of the time, when Catwoman is doing good things, that's when Bruce is, like, falling for her. And when she reverts back to her criminal ways, he goes, no, like, this, we can't do this, even though I do love you. Like, I can't be with you because you are misrepresenting everything that I kind of stand for. And then you go to, to Spider-Man and Black Cat, and he's like, yeah, but you're hot, so I guess it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you're like, hot and you love me. Yeah, it's a very shallow relationship, especially in this issue. It's very, I don't understand why either of them like each other, and I don't yeah. understand, like, I don't know. It just, I would read a whole issue of this polka dot man before I would read mm-hmm. another one of Black Cat telling Spider Man that he loves or she loves him, and him going, mm, "Yeah, but do you?" and then like gaslighting her and swinging away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man 2021. Thankfully, there's only, what is it, two more issues of this to go? And then Al Milgram is out the door. So things are going to be changing soon. Um, this issue, not great. Well, there is one thing we forgot to talk about. Oh. Hmm. Was it the Kingpin? No. Was he in his underwear again? No. Oh. But. Uh, along the same vein, John Romita Jr. won oh, Marvel oh, Hunk of the Month. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, dude, I skipped that part. <laughs> look at that sexy photo. Digital page. What is this? Digital like, page 22? 22? Yeah, it's in between original 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. He looks like an, a young Eric Estrada. <laughs> yeah, he's got like almost like a ruffalo thing going on too. Yeah, and I love how it's like, um, it's like, what do you say, ladies? What? I've been waiting to hear from female readers about this. Really? Yeah, I'll be waiting to hear from point? you, female readers, about the mm-hmm. idea. Oh my god, when men call women females, I immediately go, "Oh, we're, I don't want to talk to you." Ever. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, females? The female species. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Actually, there is something else I wanted to talk about. It's Kingpin's stupid glowing diamond. Why on the cover? It, it's the only thing that's like bright on the Kingpin. It's like the focal point of this cover. My eyes immediately go to the center of this shining diamond yeah, on his that, chest. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's so frustrating yeah. because I want to know what the heck it is, and it's nothing. I looked it up. Nothing. I couldn't find anything about the stupid diamond brooch he's got on. It's just a yeah, bad. It's, it's, it's a badly designed cover. Were we gonna say, Julie? Well, 
is I'm not sure is it not just like a I don't think it's super his his superpower because his superpower is just being like a tank thick but yeah um what do they call those yeah it's just a brooch that's on his um, ascot. ruff ascot yeah why yeah I get I get what you're saying it doesn't have to be that prominent yeah it's so strange to me is it a metaphor for like a gem and is that why Felicia is attracted to what the kingpin can offer her because she's a jewel thief I don't freaking I don't know does it represent I like Vanessa? I have no idea. It does it represent what? Vanessa, his wife. He's trying to say. Oh. Like I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. No. Also, he doesn't have it on in this issue. <laughs> right? No, he He's doesn't. not wearing it in the actual mm-hmm. comic. No. So it's it just a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. He is wearing some pretty baller pink pants. I will say that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like rocking the, oh, yeah. the yellow vest, white coat. Dude's yeah. got a lot of money and chooses to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> he can afford only the finest magenta silks in his <laughs> pants. They only make Kinpin's pants in size double extra large pink. Pink, yeah. Yeah. Which, and he's got wingtip shoes on, like it's the freaking nineteen yeah. forty. I I, I love, love the it. panel. Yeah, I love the panel of him on original page six, like the the yeah. bottom left. Like he's just an egg. <laughs> like his whole body, like he's drawn as like this big muscular, like intimidating figure, and then just in that one panel, he's like egg. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> bum, 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 yeah bum. it's very it's very reminiscent of kingpin from spider-verse actually where it's just like this huge <laughs> pig just round shape and this little like tiny head up top well you know what else we should point out this art is by hmm. herb trimpey who i think is in two issues in a row now i actually think they're pretty good but again he that doesn't necessarily mean he makes characters look good or attractive but um he's definitely a good storyteller so i had no problem with his art but the story was not great at all yeah on on um original page 10 there is a panel that i did notice as i was reading it where i don't know i don't understand how spider-man is is doing the thing (laughs) (laughs) oh you mean when his head is on backwards well like i was like is that his foot i was like no that's his hand and i was like wait a second yeah and like it looks like that's supposed to be his right hand but it's really his left and his whole body is turned i think at one point uh yeah on on original 14 spider-man has two left feet oh Uh my god that's so funny (laughs) yeah so it's just like weird things like that that make the art messy but everything is clear as to what's happening so i guess in that sense it's it's successful storytelling but <laughs> yeah. um it's definitely not the best art i've seen no spider-man's no. pulling yeah. like a classic Catwoman, like you have your your boobs and your butt in the shot at the same yeah. time yeah <laughs> i can i can i can that's good for me i got it yeah <laughs> as long as i can see the curvature of your curvature right i it mean works. that's why ladies love spider-man right he's got the booty that's why I like Kingpin, that's for sure. He's thick with two, three C's? Three C's. Four. Seven C's. Yeah. Seven C's. 
I'm no sailor, but okay, that's that's enough. Um, <laughs> do you know what I really didn't like about the art, though? The fight What's choreography that? is terrible. Mm. Uh, do you have any specific kinda, examples? Or? Yeah. Um, original, page 11. <laughs> like when uh, Spider-Man wait. turns into a right angle and punches a dude? Yeah. I love that! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or he's... he's a- yeah... He's it's a right all, angle twice on that page. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. And like he's only yeah he's yeah. only angles. He's fighting. only doing pikes. When I took gymnastics, <laughs> yeah. we had to like practice doing that. Oh, it sucked. Why would you want to do that? How do you punch somebody like that? Right? <laughs> what body position was he in before this to get to the, <laughs> to the angle? Like, <laughs> like did he bow first and then punch out? Right. Or? Uh. Did the guy walk into his fists? <laughs> I'm that that is a yeah, that's a very, very real physical possibility. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean I, I really enjoy like right above the very first panel on original eleven, the it's like a extreme Dutch angle. Right. Like it's <laughs> from be, it's from beneath them. That's like one of the best things I've ever seen. It's so awesome. Which page but is that? Then you get the uh, original, original 11. 11. Okay. Yeah, and it's got yeah, this like crazy time. foreshortening yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. And like, I mean, there's all kinds of underboob for Black yeah. Cat. But like, the, it, all of the perspective is correct. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. it's so cool. And no one ever does that because point. you yeah. always see him, it's always his point of view looking down. But um, we're, we're part of the riot, we're looking up. But then he totally ruins it with this, with you know the terrible fight choreography that we just discussed. It's mm-hmm. awful, and he continues it, and it's like, okay, maybe you got to work on that, Herb. Yeah, apparently he liked that angle so much he did it again on original page fourteen. <laughs> no, yeah. oh boy, like- you're right. <laughs> With the, the, the two left feet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, I, you know what, though? He's trying some things. Well, yeah. He's trying to make Spider-Man fight goofy, like Spider-Man, <laughs> he, he does quips, and he's a weirdo, and he's, I don't know why Black Cat's so in love with him. He's kind of a big dork. Yeah. But he's, he's a big, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's at least interesting. To look at it's not the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. right and like, yeah definitely better than al milgram um there's some variety to the angles variety to the sizes so he's fine the story's not great uh still has a i mean i do like the fact that it has a classic spider-man feel but the story is just terrible yeah oh yeah but i am looking forward to the next issue with the spot so that's i mean they did lay the groundwork for the spot so Anyone else pumped to see what happens with the spot, or is it just me? Does he get yeah. a Dalmatian sidekick? Oh, you will have to really find out. Hope so. So he doesn't, I, and I've just ruined it for everybody. I also <laughs> love the polka dot dimension name that you came up with, Beck. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. What else? What, that's what it is. It is. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's what we should call the Spider Cast: the polka dot dimension. Yo, that's just not a the, bad idea. The worst inside yeah. joke ever. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you gotta stop what? taking my garbage jokes and running with them. <laughs> I will run to the ends of the earth with your garbage. Our theme song could be like a parody version of Rainbow Connection, 
but it's the oh, polka no. dot dimension. <laughs> the root. <laughs> Josh is going to write it tonight, and you know he will. You know, that's actually not a bad... That's one of those, like, uh, you know, one of those... Uh, what, what is that called? Like, dataism, where it's like... It does. It stands in for something, but it doesn't mean what it stands in for. Like, the po- you know, the polka dot dimension. Obviously, it's the Spider-Man podcast, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you... Haven't you read Spectacular Spider-Man issue number 98? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are you just you a loser? <laughs> oh, and, Two options. Well, it's, it's also just like, it's also like the fancy hat. Uh, uh, oh, what did you, what, what did you call it? The fancy hat? Um, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, fancy huh? hat store? No. The you fancy said, hat store? No, you said it was like, oh, the fancy hat catalyst. Right. That's what you called it, <laughs> where it's like this weird mundane that. thing that brings the two characters together. I'm right, gonna call, right, I think right. I'm going to call it that from now on. It's like this weird, small no, little story point. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the, the hat, catalyst. hat catalyst. Aw, look at you guys taking the dumb stuff I say and actually <laughs> making it smart. <laughs> uh. All right, let's wrap up on that note then. Yeah, this has been a great Jesus. episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, uh, we also want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, It really helps when you leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at at HCTSpiderCast. Please let us know what you guys think about the episodes and the issues that we're reading. We want to keep that uh, conversation going. That's right. We want to thank G.I. Jolie for joining us. You're welcome. And Bex Luther for joining us again, Becca. And we'll definitely we'd love to have you back again. As long as you're <laughs> in lockdown slash quarantine, we'd love to have you on anytime. Yeah, thanks. Just me in lockdown and quarantine, not the rest of the province. Just me. Yeah, once yeah. this is over. <laughs> They're keeping me locked up because I am a menace. <laughs> All right, I'm, so yeah. I got my own bags. What else am I going to do? She's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until uh, next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. All right, see you then. (gasps) 